0: Father, we speak Jesus this morning. We praise you. We thank you. We celebrate you for what you've done. And Father, I pray that as we open your word this morning that you will speak to each and every one of us. From the senior believer in this room who has been known Jesus for a long time, have known you for a long time, Lord, I pray you speak to them all the way down to maybe if someone's in this room who doesn't know you never experienced the power of you. I pray that today as we open your word that you will speak to them. Lord, break hold of some chains this morning. Change our lives this morning. Transform us this morning. Every single one of them, myself included, transform us. Lord, we praise you. We speak Jesus. God, we thank you for that name that's above all names every tongue will confess, every knee shall bow, but we thank you for that, and we give you praise in Jesus' name, and everybody said, and everybody said, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here, turn to the other neighbor and say, hey, I picked that guy first, all right, you guys go ahead and have a seat, I'm going to jump in. Yeah, hard to sit down after this one, I know. As you can tell, I might be a little fired up this morning. Um, I just love Jesus. I'm not afraid to admit I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Not just on Sunday mornings, I love Jesus. I love Jesus on, not just on Wednesday nights, I love Jesus. Listen, I love Jesus every day. I love Jesus when the hard things happen, when the bad things happen, when, the, when it feels it's rocky. And I'm, I'm still going to love Jesus because Jesus has never let me down. Jesus has never, ever true, let me down. Man has let me down. Other things have, relationships have let me down. But Jesus has never let me down. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm always there for you. That's my Jesus. And I'm hoping that this morning that you see my Jesus this morning, especially if you've never seen my Jesus, because he changed my life. I know I was headed, I know the direction I was headed, and today we're talking about a transformed life. Colossians 3, the series that we're in, you can turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to look at 1 through 17, Colossians chapter 3, 1 through 17. Turn your Bibles there, uh, and we'll get to it in a second. And if you're there and you see that, you, I get the good part here. I get to preach on transformation today, which is my absolute favorite topic to preach on is transformed lives because Jesus transforms lives. He changes lives. We get to, I get to preach that this morning, and I'm super excited. If you look at verse 18, Pastor Craig will be preaching that next week. Amen. I'm just looking to see if you looked at it and I said, who has their Bible open? Verse 18 says, wives, submit to your husbands. So he's got that one. I get transformation. Okay? So I was just seeing who had their Bibles open and trying to, you know. And what I hear, though, is what he's going to do. He's just going to open it, read that verse, pray, and we're going to go to lunch early. So that's what I'm hearing. I'm kidding. I got to do this. I got to hang out with our senior adults on uh, Thursday. Uh, I was the Uber, but I was also the chaperone. Uh, for our senior adult Highland Lakes trip, we had so much fun. Um, I love our senior adults in this church, I'm telling you. It was so much fun. We had music, we had food, and this is what was great. A buddy of mine, a friend of mine, keep that picture right there, hold that picture. A buddy of mine was the magician out there. I've known him for a while, a couple years now. And I asked him, I said, hey, can I get Barbara on the stage? Would you bring her up? I said, she's perfect one. He's like, yeah, absolutely. So he brings her up, and they do a little trick together. And he, she, Barbara notices the trick. Like, it's not real, by the way. If anybody thinks magic's real, we can talk afterward, okay? It's not, all right? Uh, it's just a thing, all right? So it's not real. And so he does this trick. Well, she kind of sees a little bit behind-the-scenes trick here. And Barbara goes, well, that's not it. And just calling the guy out on his card trick, which I thought was awesome. Thank you, Barbara, uh, for making him look stupid. All right? He's my buddy, so I appreciate it. All right? But give these guys a big round of applause. We had such an amazing time after that. I can't wait till next year. If you want to go have a good time, you should have seen Ray and another guy racing on their scooters. It was fantastic. Man, I'm telling you, you want to get out there. All right? Everybody say living. I'm going to ask you to talk a lot today with me. Say Living. A transformed life in Christ. So here's today we're going to look at. In these verses that we're about to just kind of unpack, the Apostle Paul is going to provide valuable insight to us on how to live transformed, having a transformed life in Christ. Let me give you this illustration. I love this illustration. It's one of my favorite illustrations of just really um, our lives and being transformed, all right? Imagine a caterpillar uh, inching along. Just doing its thing, and entirely focused on the world beneath it. It's in the dirt. It's doing its thing. It's looking for food. The caterpillar, the caterpillar, 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 caterpillar. This thing, worm thing. It represents our lives, and when when we are, when we get consumed by earthly concerns, material pursuits and selfish desires it is limited all right uh it's it, it, our limited existence living only for the moment. that was my life man i remember living only for the moment i remember only living for the next thing living for the next material pursuit um but unaware of the transformation that lies ahead it's an amazing transformation that a caterpillar has you go going to throw it up there All right, this is really cool if we can. I don't know if we can get it up there. We're having some trouble with the computer, I was told, but if we can get it up there. Yeah, look at this. This is incredible. If you've ever looked at how this happens, we have this gross, disgusting worm thing digging its way through the dirt, right? Uh, You know, just think of this incredible metamorphosis that takes place here within the caterpillar. In due time, it forms this cocoon, right? And so I'm looking at the picture of it. It has this cocoon. And during the cocoon stage, all right, it's this protective shelter. Inside the cocoon, something miraculous starts to occur. The caterpillar doesn't just undergo a change. It doesn't turn a different color, a different shade, or a different size. No, 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 no. It, this caterpillar doesn't just undergo this, you know, just a change. It experiences a complete transformation. Everybody say transformation. It says, the, look what happens here. The body breaks down and reforms into an entirely new creature, a whole new creature, a butterfly. This transformation is a beautiful picture of the message of Colossians 3. It's a beautiful picture of the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the gospel changes lives. The gospel transforms us. If you've ever lived in the darkness, you found Jesus and you live in the light now, you know what this looks like in a life. You know how this feels in the life. In these verses, the Apostle Paul is going to urge us to set our minds and our hearts on things above, on having a heavenly, heavenly perspective. So look at verse, chapter, uh, verse, chapter 3, verse 1. First of all, we got to set our minds and our hearts if we want this transformation. Now, then, in Colossians, he's speaking to believers, and we're going to see how you can see that here in just a moment. And you take off the butterfly thing and go to set our hearts and our minds on things above. Look at this verse. Read this with me. Colossians chapter 3, 1 through 4. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. With Jesus, Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So he's saying, listen, hey, listen, you've been saved, you've been raised with Christ, you have been born again, you know Jesus, then set your heart, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And then he says in verse 3, he says, for you died. So he's saying, look, that old is gone. It's gone. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Verse four: When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also, then you will appear with Him in glory. Listen, we have to set our minds on things—not just our minds, but our hearts—on things above. But is it very easy for our hearts and our minds to turn negative, to focus on earthly things? to focus on the things that are around us, the bigger heart, the bigger house, the bigger this. It's amazing what happens in our minds, though, when we really focus on heavenly things, that's what's going to come out. Have you ever been going to go buy a car and you're like, research that car? I had no idea what a Kia Telluride was. Never seen one, never written one. Never seen one. So my wife says, I would like a Kia Telluride, Telluride several years ago. And I'm like, all right, what is it? I look it up, I see it, I go, wow. And then all of a sudden, everybody's driving a Kia Telluride. Have you ever noticed that? When you get your mind set on something, all of a sudden you're going to see something. I've never seen so many uh, Kia Tellurides. I kept saying, are you sure you want a Kia Telluride? Because everybody's got one. It's so crazy. So think about that concept for a second. When we get our minds so focused on that one thing, And it's earthly, that's all we're going to see. But if we can get our minds focused on heavenly things, we get our minds focused on godly things, what's going to happen? Man, awesome things are going to happen. We're going to see life differently. We need to have our hearts set on the things that Christ's hearts are set on right now. And what are those things, you ask? Well, I'm glad you asked. Here they are. The glory of God, the Father Almighty... This is what, this is what he's, uh, his, uh, Christ's heart is set on right now. The glory of God, the Father Almighty, seated at the right hand, and the destination of human souls that one day will appear with Jesus. Can I tell you this? Everything else turns to dust. Everything else is gone. That's it. Everything else is gone. When it comes to our minds, this, this is what A.W. Tozer said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. It's a great quote. It's the greatest thing about us. I think we got to ask this question, right? When we look at these things, the things that we're looking at, the things that we're focusing on, the things that we're, you know, doing, we got to ask ourselves, what are we valuing in our lives, because when you get changed, when you had a metamorphosis, when you have a, a transformation, then, uh, then what happens is what we value starts to change. Would you agree with that? What we value starts to change. Listen, he's not saying that we should be so heavenly minded that we have no earthly good. Right, That we have no earthly value. That's not what he's saying. He is saying that believers are to possess heavenly values that are expressed in everyday life. The question is, what do we value? When we're changed by the Lord, do we become heavenly minded rather than earthly minded? I googled this. Because here's the question. Do our values, think about what you value. Do our values reflect our identity as followers of Jesus Christ? Do our values affect Jesus? I Googled this. This was a really neat thing. I was researching, and I came across this. Three things you would grab. What do you value is what it said. It says three things you would grab if your house is on fire and you had to get out quickly. Three things. These are real answers from real people because, you know, everything on Google is true. Three things you'd grab. This guy wrote, he says, I'm going to grab my iPhone, some Cheez-Its, and a Dr. Pepper. My man's got his priorities straight here. My house is on fire. Let me grab my phone. Let me get some Cheez-Its and a Dr. Pepper. I'll meet you in the street. And uh, call. the next guy said this, though, and this is funny. He says, my iPhone, I'm seeing what people value right now, my iPhone and maybe some pants. The fact that they said maybe bothers me. This is what this man is valuing right now. He's got his iPhone. I might put some pants on. I can just see this guy calling the, uh, <coughs> the fire truck. Hey, by the way, uh, my house is on fire. Here's my address. Look for the guy eating some cheese that's a Dr. Pepper and no pants. All right? We'll get you. Here's the next one. This one really grabbed me. This one really, this one really, uh, I, I, I couldn't resist. I had to share this one. This person wrote, or this lady wrote, first time I didn't grab anything. So first time, huh? So this woman has already been in a fire, okay? So she said, the second time, so now you've been in two fires, all right? All I grabbed was my purse. So first time I didn't grab nothing. All I could she, the second time, I, 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 she said, all I grabbed was my purse. And this is what she says, next time, because she's already planted. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know her lifestyle. I don't know what this woman's doing, but she's been in two fires, and she's planning a third. But this is what she wrote. First time, I didn't grab anything. Second time, all I grabbed was my purse. She says, next time, I'm going to grab the dog. (laughs) I didn't say it. She did. Talk to her. And then this last one was my favorite. (laughs) This person wrote. (laughs) says, my house is on fire. All I can grab is three things on the way out. Three of the four of my kids. (laughs) You got to figure out which one you are. I don't know. All right. (laughs) Start evaluating your life right now and figure out which three you are. You might want to change that. Listen, what do we value, right? This is very important. The things that we value, the things that we put in our lives, the things that are our values more spiritual or are they more physical? Are our values more eternal or are they, are they more temporary? Are our values more heavenly or are they more earthly? These are questions we have to ask ourselves every day if we're going to live a transformed life. Amen? Listen. So we let our hearts and our minds on things above. Here's the next one in verse 5. Put to death the old life. See, everybody in this room, you have an old life. Some of you are still living in that old life. But some of you that are Christians are believers, remember he's talking to believers here. He is saying, put to death the old life. He says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And now Paul lists them. He says, there's some, here's some things, and there's probably more than this, but I'm just going to throw some out there, he said. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Verse 6 says, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Verse 7 says, you, you used to walk. So again, he's talking to those people who've walked out of that. You used to walk in these ways in the life that you once lived. Verse 8, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things, And these things are anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to one another since you have taken off the old self and its practices. Basically, he is laying down, though, that was an old life. Take off that old life and leave that old life and stop putting that old life on. And he encourages us in the next verse in chapter 10 to put on some clean clothes. I don't like to be dirty. I struggle with getting dirty, and, and, and I, I, I've taken in my life probably five showers in one day because I would take a shower and I'd go get dirty, I'm going, i got to take a shower. And I'd go to the next one, I'd take a shower. I, I get, when I get something on a shirt or something on my pants or something on my shoes, I kind of freak out a little bit. I may, I may have a problem. But my wife decides, hey, listen, I would like to run a Tough mutter. I said, listen, your mom's pretty tough, but I don't think we should run with her. She said, not mother. Uh, she says, not mother, but mutter." I said, okay, what do you mean? She goes, well, what we're going to do is we're going to run a 5K, a 5K, what's that? It's a couple miles, you'll be fine. I go, couple miles? I said, listen, I only run if something's chasing me. She goes, well, here's the thing, something is going to chase you. I go, what do you mean? She says, well, this race that I signed this up for, what do you mean, you signed this up for? You did not, you've already signed this up. She's already paid for it, you got to do it. I said, what are we doing? She goes, we're running a Tough Mudder, but here's the thing. There's obstacles. There's electrical fences. There are i like, all this crazy stuff, tires and slides and mud. I just kept hearing mud. And she says, and by the way, this is a zombie run, and zombies are going to be chasing us. I said, what? I go, no way. I go, I play some flag football, so what you do is you put on the flags and you have three of them, and you run this course, and out of nowhere, zombies pop out and try to get your, to get your things. And I'm running, I'm like chopping people, and these are like volunteers. They're like, oh, I got your flag. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> and I chop this lady. She goes, my arm. I go, You're a zombie, all right? I don't care. <laughs> I was like, you sign me up for this, I will punch a zombie in the face. But I kept thinking about this and I thought about it this week as I was talking about just putting on the clean clothes. This is a picture of us after the race right here. It was brutal. (laughs) I was not feeling this. I was like, I mean, I may look like I'm feeling this, but I'm just like, this is, I was so, it felt so gross. And I felt, and then I started thinking about it this week as I was talking about the old life and the new life. And in this race, I kept feeling like I was running from my past. The sin, those zombies representing sin that come after you and chase you and try to get you. Man, that's life right there, isn't it? Because sin is real. The devil is real. He will absolutely come after you and try to throw your past in your face and try to throw your, you know, your old life in your face. And I just remembered I wanted to change. I just wanted to get clean. And that's how I feel even to when I walk into sin. He says this, you've taken off the old self. And you've put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of the creator. Here's, here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and is all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves Put on that new self. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. And then he goes from there, all those things right there. And I love how he jumps into this. Bear with each other and forgive one another. So if you're going to actually have compassion and kindness, humility and gentleness and patience, then you got to bear with one another and we have to forgive. That's hard. It is so hard to forgive. We've talked about this. You know that's part of my story Part of my story is not forgiving my father for doing what he does or what he did until I actually forgave him and it gave me this freedom in my life. But he throws that in there and he keeps on. He says, forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on the new clothes, the new self, the new you, love which binds all of them all together in perfect unity. When we put on the new clothes, we put on a new self created to be like Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 says it. It says the old is gone, the new has come, and you become a brand new creation, a brand new creature. It says put off the old self that's being corrupted, deceitful desires. Put on the new self to be created in God in true righteousness and holiness. We should cultivate this new clothes. We need to cultivate kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and love. And during that, we got to practice forgiveness. We have to practice forgiveness and unity within the body of believers. Because let me tell you this, if we can't do that, this next part of the section of, uh, of this verse won't work for you. If we can't forgive and we can't have forgiveness that he's talking about, then we'll never have this. This is the next point. Let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts and let it transform us. We will not have that if you're holding on to other things, bitterness, rage, malice. We could go through the list that he just read of sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, uh, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, lies, uh, old self, old clothes. He says, clothe yourself with compassion, humility, gentleness, and patience. Put those things on, because if not, we'll never have peace. We won't. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, it says, since as members of one body, You were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and abonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's what a transformed life looks like. And Romans 12 says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. We get transformed by the renewing of our mind. Then we'll be able to test and approve God's perfect, his holy will. That's what transformed life looks like. And so for some of you, you're saying, well, what is that? What does that mean? What does that mean to my life? What does that mean for all these things? I tell you, you don't really understand and see a transformed life until you actually see someone with a transformed life. You may have had it yourself. You may have had transformation in your world, in your life. I know when it happens to us, we're like, oh, yeah. But when you get to see it on the outside, it's so cool. I can't say it anymore. It's amazing when you see it. I saw this happen a long time ago. I went to preach at a church. And while I was at this church, I preached this message, and I gave an invitation, and I stood in the back in in their little Connect Center, and I was meeting people who gave their life to the Lord. And this man walks up to me, and he looked pretty rough. I could tell he looked rough. I I knew he had a rough look to him, and he comes up to me, and he sits there, and he he says, hey, I got to tell you something. I gave my life to the Lord today. And I said, man, that's awesome. I shook his hand. I said, what's your name? He said, my name's Rudy. I said, that's cool, Rudy. I said, you know, what does this mean? He goes, well, let me tell you what's going on. I'll have Lynn come out and pad that would help me close this thing down. She, she, he goes, well, let me tell you what was happening. And this was in Corpus Christi uh, where this happened, Alex. So you, you, this is your, your people right here. This church sat across the street from a Walmart. And so this man begins to tell me his story. He says, well, about an hour and a half ago, I was in Walmart across the street, and I had loaded my basket up with a bunch of televisions and computers and anything that I could sell to go buy drugs. I go, okay, go on. You know, I'm like, this, you got me now. He goes, and I was about to rob Walmart. I'm across the street, I got my basket full, And I got my car parked right around the corner, and as soon as I could, I'm going out that door, and I'm going around to the corner, throw everything in my car, I'm going to get in the car, I'm going down the road, I'm going to find the pawn shop, I'm selling this stuff, and I'm going to buy some uh, crack or heroin or whatever it is, I'm doing that world. That's what he said. I said, okay. I go, what happened? He says, well, I'm there. I got the basket. I pull up. I don't know if you can tell him, but yeah. So he pulls up, and so he's standing at the door, and the door opens. (laughs) You know, the Walmart is a little thing, the little sensor. And he's about, he's about to take off. And he says he looks across the street and he sees the church. I don't know what happened in this dude's mind. But it could have just been this, oh, hallelujah. I don't know what he's seeing. It could be this light coming off the thing and it's like, oh, Jesus. I don't know. All I know is he didn't move. He stood there with his basket and he's about to go. And the doors go, Vroom. And he said, he just stayed still. He says the door shut. He goes, okay, okay, I got this. I got this. Let's go, let's go, let's go. He goes again, and the door goes, ah, I don't know, again. He says, I couldn't do it. He said, I just kept feeling something pull me that I needed to go in this building. I said, what'd you do with the stuff? Because at this point, you know the Walmart people were doing this. Oh, we got him. (laughs) Right. You ain't trying to get out of here with this. By the time this dude's in the front door, I mean, three or four times, you know they're about to get this dude. So I go, what you do? He says, well, I pulled my stuff over to the side, I left it there, and I walked out, and I walked across the street. I said, you left your car over there? He said, yeah, still parked against the building. I said, you came to know the Lord today? He said, yeah. I'm addicted to drugs, hardship, all those things. I don't know if you can get her to come out and play real soft. When we were, I need to close. So, I said, well, what did you feel today? He goes, I feel change. I said, I feel change in my heart. And right there, this man was standing there with me, and he goes to the church. He's a deacon of the church. He's part of the church, and he says, hey, listen, um, let me take you with me. I want to get your name. I want to pray with you, and I want to, uh, you know, get to know you, whatever. I was like, okay, cool. And he, they walk off. Last time, I seen Rudy. I got invited back to the church one year later. Everybody say, transformed? Life. Everybody say transformed life. So I go back to this church. They invited me back. They said, hey, would you come back? Would you come back and, 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 and preach again? I was like, yeah, man, absolutely. I remember what happened last time. Super cool. So I get there early, and I go walking into the lobby, and as I walk into the lobby, guess who I see? Rudy. Rudy the man who was going to rob Walmart and go find drugs, walked into a church, found Jesus. He is now standing in the lobby as a greeter for the church. That's transformed life. I don't know where we find our band left. They're not coming back. So listen, that's transformed life. That's what it looks like. Now, though, what would have made that… Mess, that little story even cooler if he was a greeter at Walmart, but he wasn't. All right. He was, <laughs> that, would have been, that would have been pretty sweet. All right. All right. But listen to this. Let me read this last thing and I'm going to close. So we go back to the caterpillar. Think about this transformed life. Just as the caterpillar must enter the cocoon to undergo its transformation, we too must turn our attention toward the eternal things, toward the godly things. Toward Jesus. And as we do, we begin to shed our old life, just as the caterpillar shed his form, his his old body, that old self, which is sinful desires and earthly uh, preoccupations, because we get so preoccupied with these worldly things. When we shed it from those things, it is put to death, it's gone. And we are reborn as new creations in Christ. Like 2 Corinthians five seventeen says, the old is gone, the new has come, and you become a brand new creation, a brand new creature. It's gone. It's been put to death. We become like the butterfly emerging from the cocoon. We get to fly. We get to soar. We get to be free. We're transformed and ready for life that soars above the concerns of the world. You go from this caterpillar, to this butterfly, I don't know if you have that other picture. Throw that other picture up there. This is the transformation in what it looks like. It's crazy. It goes from that to that. That's the gospel. Do you think that butterfly is telling that guy, hey, man, you're going to look like me one day. Hey, you're going to get to fly off this limb one day and go look around and see things from a whole new lens, a whole new perspective. You think he's witnessing? Hey, let me tell you about Jesus. No, I'm probably not. The caterpillars, the caterpillars, caterpillar. That thing's metamorphosis <laughs> reminds us that our lives, when, concern, when, when, when centered on Christ, when it's centered on Christ, can experience profound and beautiful transformation. We leave behind the limitations of our earthly mindset and embrace the freedom and hope that comes from setting our minds on things above. Just as the butterfly's new life is filled with the beauty of flight. And, and, and the world above, our transformation and our transformed lives are filled with the beauty of Christ's presence, filled with the beauty of his promises, filled with the beauty of eternity. That's what this is all about. So as we reflect on Colossians 3, as we, we got to remember this caterpillar and the magnificent beauty it becomes because that's what happens in our life. Let's seek the transformation that comes from setting our minds on Christ, allowing Him to renew and reshape us into His image so that we can soar and we can fly. Listen, I don't know where you are today. I don't know what you walked in here with. I know there was a lot and I said it quickly but I have to ask you a very real question. And that very real question is this. Have you been transformed? Can you look at your life right here, right now, and know that you've been transformed, that you have an old self, and God has given you a new self to put on? Or are you still living in the old self? Listen, I'm here to tell you The greatest story of my life is when Jesus became real to me. I was not supposed to be doing what I do today. But God had a plan. I had to take off an old self, I had to be transformed. I had to go in that cocoon and come out different. So my question is, and if we could be real with each other in this moment, in this time, have you allowed Jesus to transform you? See, the Bible says that we become one with Christ as we confess with our mouth, we believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died for your sins, your mess-ups, your mistakes and to prove that he was who he said he was he was buried for them and then he rose from the dead to prove it I am who I say I am I am Lord and when we believe that and you take that step out of darkness and into light we get transformed we get a new life I love my new life I love my new life in Jesus, I will always, always shout that from the mountains. So I got to ask you, do you have that transformation? Have you given your life to the Lord? Would you close your eyes and be real still? I want to pray for us. If you're sitting in this room and you've never truly accepted Christ into your life you've not been transformed you're sitting in the old life right now and you're saying I need the new life I'm tired of living in the old life cause all it's doing is causing me nothing but hardship pain that old life just keeps on and you're saying I need this new life I need this Jesus I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me this is not a magic prayer at all this is just a moment where you are connecting with Jesus your heart is connecting with Jesus you're confessing with your mouth but believing your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and he loved you he died for you he was buried for you he rose from the dead for you and he's coming back for you and if you want that this morning I ask you to pray this prayer with me just say Jesus I need you Jesus I can't do this without you Jesus I believe in my heart that you are real that you rescued me that you saved me that you gave me a new life and Jesus I'm ready to take off the old life and put on the new life. Lord help me be transformed in the renewing of my mind and my heart. Transform me from the inside out. Jesus I'm ready to follow you. I'm ready to go all in. Thank you Jesus. Listen, with no one looking around. Hey, if you prayed that prayer this morning and you really meant it, would you put your hand up and say, that's me, so I can pray for you? If you be honest with me this morning and say, you know what? I prayed that prayer. I'm honest with myself. I'm honest with God. And boldly, would you put your hand up and say, that's me. I prayed that prayer this morning. And I believe that Jesus Christ just rescued me. I believe that right here, right now, that he saved me. I'm not here to call you out. I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. I tell you what, I'll do this, and I'll just be honest. If you prayed that prayer, and you boldly can say, man, that's me. I believe that I came to know Jesus this morning. I'm going to ask you to come and stand right here in front of me as I kind of pray, and as, I, as I, uh, the band gets ready to sing this next song, I'm going to stand right here as they sing because I do believe that God will make a way. I'm not here to, like I said, I'm not going to call you up and embarrass you and do anything like that. So I'm going to ask everyone to stand. I know there was many hands that went up. So I'm going to do this. As we are singing, I'm going to stand right here. and I'm going to ask you to boldly come forward. and Let us pray with you.